Welcome to this sermon podcast from Myo Baptist Church, and thank you for listening to today's message. We pray that God's Word will be an encouragement to you and a reminder that the Bible has all the answers to living a successful and fulfilled life. Again, thanks for listening. We now join the service in progress. Over 40 years ago, I started working with young people and worked with them for the longest time. I coached them in high school, coached basketball, and I have had an affection for the younger generation from the beginning of my ministry and still do. And it's my privilege this morning to recognize those that are graduating from high school this year. And it has become a custom here that... uh, one service a year, end of May, 1st of June, that we recognize them. And one of the ways we do that is by giving them a very nice uh, slimline Bible with their names printed on the front. And I would like to do that at this time. So I would like for Savannah Kaminsky, if you'd come to the platform, and Elijah Wilson to come to the platform, Elizabeth Barber to come to the platform, and Dakota Wise to come to the platform. All righty. Come on up here. Where is Elizabeth? You're putting your shoes on. (laughs) One of the reasons I love young people. One of the reasons I love them. I appreciate these young people. And let me get this in the right order here. And here you go, Savannah. That is yours. And stay up here. Stay up here. And Elijah, this one belongs to you. Dakota, this is yours. And that is yours. These are fine young people. We love them. And that's an accomplishment. They've graduated from high school. They're going on to bigger and better things. Let's give them a hand. So y'all should, y'all should. On this day, I always dedicate a message to the seniors, and we'll do, we're doing that again this morning. And to you seniors, I want you, I want you to, don't look at your Bible now, but I want you to look at me, you seniors, because this is serious business right now. The Lord gave me this message for you, and it's just a simple truth. And if you've looked in the bulletin, you already know what this morning's message is. The best counsel, well, maybe not the best. Some of the best counsel I could possibly give seniors is this. As you go off into life, don't believe lies. Seniors, don't believe lies. This world, our flesh, and Satan will lie to you Daily. This world is constantly producing lies. Not just lies, but lies that are intended to deceive, to trick you, so that your life can, and especially your testimony, will be, if not severely damaged, destroyed. Nobody likes to be tricked. Nobody likes to be taken advantage of. Nobody likes to be deceived. The the idea that you have been deceived, how does that leave you feeling? It leaves you with a terrible feeling. So seniors, 
Let me encourage you to embed in your heart and your soul this counsel from your pastor today. Don't believe lies. They are all around you. You will hear them daily. You will hear your friends promote lies. You will hear the media promote lies. You will hear Hollywood promote lies. You will hear all sorts of people around you promote lies. Don't believe them. You needn't look any further than creation. And Satan, in the first lie, promulgated. In Genesis chapter 3, we begin reading in verse number 1, Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden. Verse 3, But of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God hath said, Ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. Now that's the truth. God will tell you the truth. Okay? That's true, as they are going to find out, sadly. God will always, this Bible will always tell you the truth. What, and the truth is what conforms to reality. And the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die. Now that is a lie. That does not conform to reality. He has one intent to deceive them. And it's the devil's intent to deceive the seniors in this room and the senior saints in this room and everybody in between. We see how this plays out. Verse number 5. For God doth know that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes, and this is Satan talking, He's greasing the skids here, if you will, to their destruction. Then your eyes shall be opened, and you shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof and did eat, and gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat. And guess what? They died. They believed the lie. And they died. Seniors, don't ever, under any circumstances, believe lies. They are intended for your death and destruction. Let's pray. Dear Lord, this is... This is a topic that we could spend months on when we think about lies in this world and deception in this world. Lord, through this message this morning, may it send these seniors off and this congregation, Lord, out today strengthened to not be deceived and to not be defeated. And rather than having a life of blessings, Lord, because they believe lies, They experience torment and a loss of their testimony. Lord, may today's message strengthen all of us against the lies of our flesh, of Satan, and the world. In Jesus' name we ask these things. Amen.
In our American culture, graduation is seen as a rite of passage into adulthood. Things are different now. Up until your senior year of high school, you know what you're going to do. You're going to go to school. You're going to go to the next year. You're going to go to the 6th, 7th, 8th, 9th, 10th, 11th, and 12th grade. Then you finish the 12th grade. Things change. That's a part of our culture. Then decisions have to be made. Am I going to get a job? Am I going to go to college? Am I going to join the armed forces? What am I going to do? Understand that this transition from adulthood or from childhood to adulthood can be challenging, if not dangerous. And one of the things is now you are making decisions. You are processing things around you. And if you're not careful, you're going to hear a lie and you're going to be tempted to believe that lie. I'll tell you how this message came about. I was listening to a speaker who said this. He said, without lies, there would have been no Holocaust. Without lies and people believing lies, there would have never been a slave trade. Without people believing lies, there would have never been a 9-11. Think about that. That's profound. I heard that and I said, there's a message right there. There's a message for these seniors. That shows the destructive power of believing lies. And I'll take it a step further and make it more applicable in a practical way. Without people believing lies, there would be no unwanted pregnancies. Without people believing lies, there would be no spread of venereal disease. Without people believing lies, there would be no disrespect shown parents. Without people believing lies, there would not be the remorse and the regret that we know today. Think about it. Most all of the problems that we encounter, especially those of our own making, are a result in many, if not most cases, of us simply believing a lie. God tells us something is wrong, but for some reason we think we're different. For some reason we think we can get away with it. And what are we doing there? We're believing a lie. We're believing a lie. The Bible says, beware your sins will find you out. The Christian philosopher of many decades Hundreds of thousands of years ago, Augustine said, a lie consists in speaking a falsehood with the intention of deceiving. Another writer said, people who believe lies don't know they're doing evil. That's why it's so terrible. When you believe the lie, you don't think you're doing wrong. And that's exactly what Satan wants. And that's exactly what he intended when he told Eve. He said, listen... You won't die. That was deception. Intending to destroy her. And if Satan wanted to destroy Adam and Eve, he hadn't stopped. He wants to destroy every one of these four young people that are up here. And what's, what's one of the best tools he has? He's been using it for thousands of years. It's the idea of lies and deception. 
It all goes back to lies and, and deception. The, the seriousness of believing lies is that you have been deceived. You think it's okay, or you think you're going to get away with it. And that's exactly what Satan wants. You think you're doing right when you are, in fact, doing wrong. Lying originates with Satan himself, who hates God and hates God's creation and hates you. These four young people up here, you probably couldn't see it, but there's a big bullseye on their back that Satan is shooting at. And maybe you don't see it unless you're wearing spiritual glasses this morning. There's a big bullseye on my back and on your back. And one of his most effective weapons are lies and deceit. John 8, 44. Ye are of your father the devil, and the lust of your father ye will do. He was a murderer. He is bent on destruction. He was a murderer from the beginning and abode not in the truth because there is no truth in him. Ye shall not surely die. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. You're hated by Satan right now. You are his enemy. And he would be thrilled to ruin you in any way possible to whatever degree he can. Particularly your testimony about God who he particularly hates. Satan is out to destroy you. Now think about it. No one volunteers to be destroyed. If I were to say, okay, how many of you want to be destroyed today? Me, pick me, pick me. No. So he's got to trick you into doing that. No reasonable person wants their testimony ruined, wants to have an unwanted pregnancy, wants to contact a, 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 a disease. No reasonable person wants to do that. Yet people are doing it all the time. Why? They believed a lie. They were deceived. They thought it was okay. They thought they would get away with it. Satan uses lies to trick you. He deceives you into thinking you're pursuing something good or you're pursuing something, at least it's not going to be harmful. And he leads you into a trap to destroy your testimony, to destroy your joy, to destroy your future, all because <coughs> you fell for a lie. Now think about it. This is, a pra- this is a horrible illustration, but it's a practical illustration, and it's a very viable illustration. Think about how people who abduct children work. Think about how they lie and deceive and trick children into believing they're doing something good in order to destroy them. Uh, three techniques that these kind of child abductors use. One, the affection lure. Pedophiles will show an abundance of affection to lure children to trust them. Okay, it, it, It's all a lie to lead these precious children to their own destruction. Sometimes they will use the pet lure. Knowing that children love animals, they maybe ask them to look for a lost puppy. It's a lie intended to entrap and sadly, destroy them. 
Or sometimes they will use the assistance lure or assistance lie. This appeals to the helpful nature of children when predators ask them for directions or could you help me with this? Could you help me do that? Folks, that's the MO of Satan with us. Same thing. Having us think we're doing something okay. Having us think we're doing something right. And for that reason, seniors, today I say to you, if you get nothing else, get this, don't believe lies. Don't become a fool. Don't be deceived into ruining your testimony, possibly wasting your life, having things happen to you that you're going to pay for for the rest of your life. We can learn from this very first lie. Let's go back to Genesis chapter 3 and verse number 1. We're going to learn four things this morning. Understand this, Satan, number one, is subtle. Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. It's good to understand your enemy. You have an enemy. He's real. Haven't you seen his effects around you? Haven't you seen families destroyed? Haven't you seen marriages ruined? Because somebody in that marriage, if not both, believed a lie. Children that rebelled somewhere along the way believed a lie, thinking that it's okay. And it's because he is subtle. He's the world's best. The word subtle means cunning, crafty, deceitful. In other words, he will use every trick in the book to destroy you and destroy your testimony. It's why Las Vegas is one of the slickest places on the face of the earth, is it not? There's more eye appeal to Las Vegas and gambling casinos than any place in the world. Now, he, he is more subtle. We naively just see and our eyes pop. Oh, look what you can do in Las Vegas. Look at this and look at that and look at the glamour and the glitz and, you know, the one city that you can see from outer space for all of the lights. What does that tell you? It's a lie. Satan is subtle. Number two, to believe his lies, Satan first gets you to question God. Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field, which the Lord God had made, and said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, You shall not eat of every tree of the garden? He he knows what he's doing. He, he, He didn't come up to her and say, I want you to hate God. And she looked at him and said, No. I mean, that's a little obvious. But he just, he He puts questions. He puts questions in your mind, just like we're going to be talking this afternoon. Our public school system, and I thank God for the good Christian teachers that are missionaries there, but for the most part, what's it doing through its science classes and through, through English and so many other uh, disciplines today? It's, it's putting questions in kids' minds. They come home after being taught about the Big Bang and evolution, and they know that's not in the Bible. Just subtly raising questions. That's... what. Hath God said, you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said of the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God had said, you shall not eat thereof, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. You know, our God is a loving God. I mean, that's not too much of a heavy burden to live with. It just, hey, you can have enjoy everything. But, you know, one tree, one tree in the middle. That's really burdensome living for God, isn't it? Now Satan will make you think that that is. And that's what he's up to here. 
Satan raises the issue of this one tree to give them doubt. Because he knows if he can get them to doubt, then it's going to be easier to make them believe a lie. And Satan's working overtime to do that. That's the reason it's taught that teaching the Big Bang Theory is designed to get you to doubt God. The teaching of evolution is designed to get you to doubt God. Oh, I remember. I remember when I was at LSU, this being taught, not as theory, but as fact. And if you didn't buy into it, you were some backwoods hillbilly. And I remember as a young man myself wondering, well, I wonder who's right. Because this contradicts the Bible. One of them's got to be wrong. And this person is a professor. This person is a scientist. Satan's smart. The teaching of Bible inaccuracies and contradictions is designed to get you to doubt God. The teaching that Christianity is homophobic and racist and misogynistic. I didn't know what misogynistic was, but I learned for you. It's when you put down on women. Maybe most of you already knew that. I didn't know that. I had to look that up. It's designed to get you to doubt God. And again, this is all promoted in universities particularly and in many public realms of education. To believe his lies, Satan first gets you to question God. This is exposed to us in Scripture. Thirdly, after Satan gets you to question God, he tells you lies to lure you away from God. When he gets you away from God, he may not get your soul for eternity. If you're saved, you're you're going to heaven. But he'll do the next best thing he can from his perspective, and that is ruin your testimony while you're here on earth. And the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die, for God doth know that in the day ye eat thereof. Then your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. Folks, that is a bald-faced lie. As they are about to find out. They're going to find it out the hard way, and it's too late. You done been snookered, if you will. You done been snookered. You can't go back and undo it. And young people, you need to understand, you're being told some ball-faced lies today. It's, it's coming through loud and clear through media, television, Hollywood, friends, the fashion industry. You're being told the lie that living the Christian life is no fun and it's too hard. And, and a lot of people in this room are tempted to believe that. A lot of you in this room are tempted to believe that. It's just, I can't live that Christian life. It it is too hard. You are believing a lie. That's a lie. You can live. It's not easy street. I'm not saying it's easy street. But you can live the Christian life. And it's way better than anything that liar has to offer you. Way better. Yeah, we still live in a sin-cursed world. And yeah, we have to fight battles and what have you. I wouldn't trade my Christian life for... Any actor or actress in Hollywood that has committed suicide or all the others that are thinking about it or wish they had. Another lie that Satan is telling you is, I don't know if God and the Bible are real. I, I, I just don't know. And your flesh and the world and Satan 
want you to believe that God and the Bible are not real. That's another lie that he's promoting. And a third lie that he's promoting, uh, that the world is promoting, Satan's promoting, our flesh is promoting, is the whole idea of sin is overstated. That's just overstated. That, that, you know, you, an, an old-fashioned Bible-believing church like this, you know, that's just old fuddy-duddy up there, doesn't know what he's talking about. And, you know, this whole idea of sin is overstated. And, you know, I can go out and party. I, I can go out and have my fun. I can go out and do those things. But you believe those lies, and let me tell you, you are short-circuiting your relationship with God and the blessings that he wants to bless you with. You just go out into this world and check everybody you know that believes these lies and ask them, how's it working for you? Just ask them. Well, we can prove this, what I'm, what I'm teaching you from Scripture this morning. It's, it's provable. You say, well, why, well, then why don't people believe it? We're going to get to that in just a second. But number four, Satan plays to your weaknesses and uses those weaknesses then to entrap others. He plays to our weaknesses. Read with me verse number six. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, he's playing to her weakness. And that it was pleasant to the eyes playing to her weakness. And a tree to be desired to make one wise? Well then, she took the fruit thereof and did eat and gave also unto her husband with her and he did eat. Can you imagine that? She believed a lot. She thought she was doing okay, which means she was deceived. And the minute her eyes are open, guess what? Adam, try this. And he was deceived. Satan exploits our vulnerabilities. Our vulnerabilities are explained in 1 John chapter 2, verse number 16. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, that's a vulnerability. The lust of the eyes, a second vulnerability. And the pride of life, a third vulnerability, is not of the Father, but is of the world. Those are our weak areas, our vulnerable areas. For example, our flesh tends to lust after things it shouldn't. That's what that verse is saying. Our eyes tend to lust after things they shouldn't. Our pride tends to exert its will in ways that it shouldn't. So think about what happened here. The woman saw that the tree was good for food, lust of the flesh. And that it was pleasant to the eyes, lust of the eyes. And a tree to be desired to make one wise. That appealed to her pride of life. Satan is subtle. It means he is very good and therefore, sadly, very successful into tricking Christians. Particularly young Christians. Particularly just out of high school, before you've had time to fully mature in your faith. Young people, he will appeal to your vulnerabilities. Your flesh will be prone to lust after promiscuity. Your eyes will be prone to lust after materialism. 
Your pride will desire popularity in the world. He knows our weaknesses and he will pursue them. And that's what, that's what the enemy does. The enemy wants to exploit your weaknesses. Lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, the pride of life. And that's exactly the way he operated against Eve on that fateful day. So, young people and everybody in this room, don't believe lies. Don't believe lies. So that raises a very basic question, doesn't it? Everybody's thinking, how can I know? How can I know what is a lie? How can I avoid being deceived by Satan, by my flesh, by the world? We'll end with these three quick points. Number one, in order to not be deceived by lies, you must love the truth. You must love the truth. Truth is that which conforms to reality. And nothing that Satan told her conformed to reality. It was the opposite of reality. You must love the truth, appreciate the truth, value the truth. John 14, 6, Jesus said unto unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. In order to not be deceived by lies, you must love the truth. Scares me to death to see young people or adults start getting away from church. Because if there's one place where the truth ought to be ingrained in you, it's at church. And if there's one place that Satan wants to get you upset with or get a burr under your saddle, it's with the pastor, it's with somebody in church, and to just to get you away. And again, he's using that same ploy. He gets you to start doubting God, and then you start believing lies. I love this quote. There are only lies and truth. If you move away from one, you will get the other. Isn't that a fantastic quote? In this world, there's only lies and truth. Emanating from your radio, lies and truth. Emanating from your television, lies and truth. Emanating from your associations, your friends, and the magazines you read, and everything that comes into contact with you, you are either being hit with lies or truth, and as you gravitate to one, you're going to move away from the other. So, young people, value the truth. Value the truth that comes from God and comes from His Word. His Word is truth. He is truth, and His Word is truth. Embrace this. Be in church. Be faith, and be in a good Bible-believing church. There are churches today that will entertain you. And make you think that you've been to church. No, you want a Bible-preaching church where the Bible is expounded, where the Bible is preached. This is what's going to make a difference in your life. This is what's going to get you through the temptations. It's not going to be through that loosey-goosey, swaying feeling that you got in church, you know, because they know how to make the music work to make you think you've had a spiritual experience. That's not going to help you when you're facing temptation. It's His Word that you've hid in your heart. I do my dead-level best, as weak and frail as I am as a human being, to put God's Word in your heart each and every week. And that's a pursuit of the truth. Only when you know the truth can you be wary of lies. Number two, in order to not be deceived by lies, you must know how to test the spirits. You have to test the spirits. Because, again, understand the sneaky thing about lies. It's deception. On the surface, it looks good. It seems to make sense. 
it appears to be okay. So you have to test the spirits. Do you have the self-discipline? Do you have the character to do that? Or are you just a sucker for everything that comes along? And there are some people that are like that. Just naive, you know, a hook comes in the mouth and here Satan's got them. No, you have to test the spirit. Well, that takes a little maturity. Yeah, that's why we want you in Sunday school. That's how you're going to mature. That's why we want you reading your Bible daily. In church this afternoon, church on Wednesday night, and other times when we have special meetings. Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try or test the spirits whether they are of God, because many false prophets are gone out into the world. Satan has his henchmen. I like this quote, Christians must test any teaching with a view to approving or disapproving it, rigorously comparing any teaching to the Scripture. How do you test the spirits? Well, one of the most basic ways there is, is what does the Bible say about it? And the Bible has a lot to say about alcohol, about abusing one's body, about fornication. It has a lot to say about gambling and games of chance. It has a lot to say about immodesty. And you know what? All of it is the truth. And anything contrary to that, what this Bible says about any of those very practical things, is a lie. Number three. In order to not be deceived by lies, you must be humble. You have to be humble. It's a prerequisite for getting it right. Pride goeth before destruction, and a haughty spirit before a fall. To you young people, you four young people particularly, one of the protections that God gives to young people is authority in their lives. Be humble before your parents and heed their advice, heed their counsel, heed their wisdom. Without patting myself on the back, listen to your pastor. Have I shared with you anything today that would lead you astray? Nothing. Be humble. Listen to those in authority over you, and most importantly, listen to God and his holy word. This quote, pride will prevent a man or woman from admitting when they're wrong and accepting the truth. We all know this. Pride makes you believe that you can't be wrong about certain things in life. Therefore, pride leads to destruction. I like this quote. The focus of Satan's efforts is always the same. To deceive us into believing that the passing pleasures of sin are more satisfying than obedience. That's one of the great lies that he tells. That the passing pleasures of sin are more satisfying than obedience. If that's the case, why are there so many... I mean, the people in the entertainment industry have it all by today's standards. Popularity, money, and whatever... Why, why do so many of them take their lives? Why do so many of them have drug and alcohol problems? Why are so many of them divorced multiple times? Why are so many of them in and out of mental hospitals and drug rehabilitation programs? Can the light begin to go on? Don't believe lies. Let me read this to you. We're done. If I tempted you, would you know it? If I deceived you, you wouldn't know it. If you know you're being deceived, then you're not being deceived. Eve was deceived. 
Because she believed the lie that God did not want what was best for her, but didn't know it was a lie. We can see from Genesis 3 that deception was the primary strategy of Satan from the beginning. Perhaps some of us look down on Eve for being deceived by the serpent in the garden. But each time we sin, we're deceived by the same lie. To the entire congregation, are there any lies you're believing right now? Are you deceived? Are you, do, you, do you really think that what you're doing is right? Are, are, are you willing to be humble and listen to your pastor when he mentions things like immodesty and gambling and we could go on and on? Are, are you willing to, do you, do you demonstrate humility there? Or no, no, I'm, you're not changing my mind on any of that stuff. I'm going to do what I want to do and go where I want to go. Pride! Are you, willing, are you willing to test the spirits? Just look it up in the Bible, what you're doing. Show me from Scripture that what you're doing is right and good, and what you're believing is right and good, then, hey, amen, how can I help you? And then love the truth. Love God and his word. The truth will draw you away from lies, or lies will draw you away from truth. Any reasonable person in this room will pick truth over lies any day. Because I can take you, as I mentioned, the the movie stars and whatever, that it's obvious that something's not right there. Let me take you into young people's lives that are committed to the truth. Young families and mature families that have been committed to the truth. And go into those homes and see the hugs and the happiness and the joy. Oh, there's problems. But nothing compared to those who have been deceived to have their testimonies destroyed. Young people, those of you that make up the class of 2018, if you don't remember anything else, don't believe lies. Let's pray.